that we feel like we've gotten the raw deal, you know, either in our upbringing, our living environment, circumstances in the world, and those type of things. But realizing that everything that God has allowed to transpire in your life is to all his glory, to where then he can show who he is, even in the midst of what seems to be imperfection. Because uh, can you imagine if you were at the grocery store and this young man, Daniel, was standing next to you and he reaches into his shoe and he whips out his credit card with his foot and swipes it. Wow, that would get your attention, wouldn't it? Well, your life is no different. Because, see, all of the relationships that we have, every place of influence, most of the time we don't realize how many people are watching our lives. I mean, if you've ever watched a video and somebody's been picking their nose, and I'm sure they didn't know that that was being videoed, right? Okay, you know somebody personally, praise God. Don't we all? Don't we all? It could have, could have been me. But, but what I'm saying is, is that, see, that's why you know, when we get into this tenderness of the spirit, when we're talking about hearing music and these type of things, you can never minister out of your mind to another person's circumstance. But the spirit that's inside that's been quickened and made alive because your life testimony now is living. Whatever you've overcome, wherever God has touched that place in your life, it's become a strength. Everything that now is within you of his, then when you begin to talk with someone you're using the words of your mouth, but your spirit is going beyond the mental presence of the person's circumstance, and you're just reaching into the heart. See, Rebecca got to the place where, okay, at least for what, six months, seven months, you've been doing Bible studies over there. Or Rachel, I'm sorry. And all of these settings where all of these invitations and all of this understanding, right, but until you're born again, until your spirit is made alive, the word says this is the enmity. This is the enemy of God's words and his ways. So everything in the mind can kind of just try to reason. And then what's the mind going to do once it tries to reason something of God? No way. But when uh, Rachel opened up her heart, did I say Rebecca? Yeah. Sorry, Rebecca. I'm thinking Rebecca back here and I'm... And it's Rachel. It could be Rebecca too, crying out to God. Because we're all there. And it's all a place where we get beyond our abilities. We get beyond our own ability to walk through something. And then we, what? we cry out. Our spirit man cries out. And so in turn, and see that was David. When we, when we read Psalms 139, David was always before the altar crying out to God. Because he realized his condition. But see, when you realize the ark, wherever it is, in the day that God's presence was in that ark, only the priest, only the priest once a year could go before that ark. But David was allowed to go because he was king and priest. And because he would expose, he would open up his heart to God, he didn't die when he just laid himself out before the ark of God in his presence. And he cried out. And I believe Psalms 139 was a realization of what God had raised up David to be and become. More than just this little shepherd boy. And so as we keep talking about your life and your story and the events that are transpiring, God's not done with you yet. 
And surely this young man's only been married nine years. Right, Tom? God isn't done with him yet, right? When we realize the very things that God is doing in our lives, it's a process until the fullness. Because Ephesians speaks about, we as a church are to equip you, to prepare you for service. Not to sit, just to warm a seat. Not you just, just, okay, my attendance, I've been here, you know, 50 Sundays out of the month. No, it's to equip you for service. And then it says, until the fullness of the stature of Christ. Until we can't see you, but we see him. He's not trying to make your personality more a little bit easier to get along with. He's not trying to get you to manage your anger. He's not wanting you to put a smile on every Sunday morning, but on the inside you're dying. Right? No, to the fullness. And that's why all of these occurrences, all these places in our lives, yes, they are not easy to walk through. That's what he came to the realization. His anger, his rejection, everything. My gosh, I don't have that before me every day. Can't even imagine. But if Psalms 139 is true, then it's no different for his life than for mine or for yours. And so when I saw this, I know summertime's coming up and we can easily get distracted and we've got summer events and vacation and all of these things. But as I spoke a couple of weeks ago, your love for one another is becoming immeasurable because it's not your own love. That's the fullness of the stature of Christ. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He was not given all authority in heaven and earth if he had not equaled, if he had not become the love of the Father. Because he had to judge rightly in the authority that he was given. That's what's coming in your and my life. When we hear a testimony like Rachel, it's like, I was there. I can identify with that. But that's now a part of me that's becoming alive. I'm so excited for Rachel. Because as one suffers, we all suffer, but one rejoices, we all rejoice. And that's what's really transpiring in this life story because when you read the Bible, it wasn't about one person any longer. Jesus died, was buried, took the keys of death and hell, right, from Satan, overcame sin and death, rose from the grave, seated in the right hand of the Father. We're in turn now. He said, Father, this is John 17, as you have sent me into the world, I send them. Do not take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. So now it's not about one person, a pastor, an apostle. No, it's the corporate body of Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that now is invading the earth. That's why his intention in the garden was that he would fill the earth with his glory. And that was the seed of, of Adam and Eve. But it became tainted. So what did he do? He brought Christ Jesus to redeem the seed, to cleanse, to purify, to sanctify the seed. Then once again, his glory can fill the earth. Well, he could surely come down and fill the earth with his glory. But if that be the case, all human flesh would die. 
Because he's so holy. But what's he doing through your life? Revealing his glory. Richard, through your testimony of being healed, every time you go to Dartmouth, he's revealing his glory. Every time there's a confession of who he is in our lives, it begins to, we were talking about changing the atmosphere this morning, it changes the atmosphere of where that person is, where those people are, of where you're speaking of, you're delivering, you're expressing, you're living your testimony, and it causes the heart, the eyes to look. And like it was in Rachel's setting, you've got to be careful, keep saying Rebecca, Rachel's setting, her heart, became tender and saying, Lord, I don't understand any of this. But I need, I need relief. And if you are who you say you are, then would you come into my life? And there can be nothing else, just like little Tammy. You can't take Tammy's experience away from her. You'll never be able to take Rachel's testimony from her. I don't care what adversity comes. I don't care if some Satanist or an atheist comes along and says, well, there is no God. You know what she's going to say? Well, let me tell you my story. Is that not what Paul did every time he went before the judges? Uh, You need to come to Jesus Christ. You need to have him as your Savior. No, what did Paul do? Let me tell you the story. According to the Word, according to your Father's, and according to my experience. That's what this life is all about. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Every now and then I see a light in my house. Okay. I'm in complete darkness in the bedroom. Every now and then I see a light. What would that be? Easily could be the Holy Spirit, but also the word says that our adversary comes as an angel of light. So because you're born again, born from above, Jesus is in your heart, you have the authority, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, then when you see that light, say, I test you by the Spirit. Are you, are you of Jesus Christ? And acknowledge the blood of Jesus. Either it'll leave or it'll stay. Because it can't stay if it's not God. I have to believe it is. Because these visitations, the dreams, if you look through all of the Old Testament, but also you look through all the New Testament, and you look to, if you talk to a, bunch, a whole bunch of people here, those experiences, it's not this ooey-gooey, weird, weird spiritual thing. No, it's the presence of God coming to minister, coming to strengthen. That's the purpose. When Joseph and, Joseph and Mary, obviously when Mary became pregnant, do not fear Mary. When Joseph and Mary were in Egypt, and getting, excuse me, when they were in Jerusalem and they were having to escape, the angel of the Lord came to Joseph. It's time to get up and move. It's time to move on. The Holy Spirit is always there to quicken these experiences because there are those people that they worship angels. And that's not of God. But these experiences, the Lord's trying to bring us to the experience knowing that this carnal world is temporary. The spiritual world, the eternals, the eternity, as the universe is expanding... If you ever watch anything in the news, they keep finding greater expanses. They can't understand it. It keeps growing, keeps increasing. Exponentially, it's increasing. Why? Because Jesus is about ready to return, and his kingdom is without end. God always increases. He'll never stop increasing, because that's his nature. That's who he is. And what he started inside of you, is he going to give up on it? 
Absolutely not. The Word says what He has started in you, He is going to complete. Amen? And He knows exactly what you need. He knew exactly what Rachel needed. Personal encounters that can never be taken away. That's why this living testimony is so important. That's why, and even this young man said it, we can play all the religion we want, but it's just a form. And Jesus said, a form of religion and denying the power. But we are those who have the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit inside of us. So what we touch, what we say, what we speak, what we believe for, what we activate, and that's what really what happened this morning with your eldership and the leaders. Because I, just, I, just, I want you to know this. I pray for you every single morning. I go through every single person's name. And I know the eldership and the leadership here, they pray for you continuously, and we bring you before the Lord because we are expecting you to go beyond where we are. We're the trailblazers. We're just making the way where then you can run past us and fulfill the very destiny that God has for you. Moses and Aaron, it's just a type and shadow continuously. There has to be those that prepare the ground. Moses prepared the way because without the Moses, there would have been no Aaron. And without the Aaron, there would not have been that which is the kingdom established taking the promised land. So you're the Joshua generation. And if, and if you've got to drag me in, carry me in, I don't care what it takes, but I'm expecting you to take me with you. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you. Thank you for who you are. We thank you for your, your love that you continue to pour out upon us. Lord, you're not this, this ethereal, uh, unknown Father. You're a loving Father that continues to, to demonstrate who you are. Father, it's not about what you do. It's who you are in our lives. And we're so much aware of how that's becoming corporately a part of who we are as a family. Judy said it, Father, you've never been worried about numbers. Gideon, all but Father, you kept whittling down, whittling down, whittling down until you had the heart of man that was sincere that you could use. And Father, that's our heart. You would change the atmosphere with this upper valley. You would prepare the way for your son through this, just this little household of families that love you with all of our hearts and with all of our minds and with all of our strengths. And Father, we desire to love one another as ourselves. So, Father, let this be alive and active within us as we leave this morning. Let us be mindful of that young man, Daniel Ritchie. When the doctor said, well, you want to just let him go? doesn't have any worth. It's not whole. How, could, how would you as parents want this deformed child? No, Father. You've taken every one of us and you've adopted us into your family no matter what frailty, what brokenness, no matter what our condition was because you know our purpose and our destiny of fulfillment. So let that be released in this house this morning, Father, in every life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Now don't forget, I love you. Don't forget the ninth, nine o'clock. Take your trucks. Borrow, borrow a trailer. Do whatever it takes because they don't want to have to move anything after Saturday. <laughs> Buy it and give it away if you don't need it.
Just get it out of their house. In Jesus' name.